Hello, welcome to the Central Connecticut AA podcast. My name is Christina and I'm an alcoholic. My name is Eddie and I'm an alcoholic. My name is Claire and I'm an alcoholic. And let's start with the serenity prayer. God, God grant, grant me the serenity to, to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, so we don't have any announcements. No one else. Just remember. <laughs> um, so today we have with us our friend Claire. Uh, Claire, will you tell us a little bit about your story? Hello. Um, hi, I'm Claire. I'm an alcoholic again. Um, so I guess to start, I um, I started drinking at a young age. Um, I think the first time I had alcohol, I was in sixth grade. Um, started drinking with a friend of mine. My dad had um, was renovating the kitchen and had gotten rid of a huge amount of alcohol. Gotten rid of? Yeah, it was in <laughs> trash bags. Who does these things? Yes. <laughs> Wasteful. And I remember it was literally this bottle. It was like, I don't know if you guys remember, there would be generic white labels of things. It was, and it was this vodka that was a generic white label vodka my friend and i drank it straight top shelf yes (laughs) (laughs) and finished the whole bottle and she proceeded to puke like an amateur um and i just remember i was kind of in after that and um and i think i probably for me, I think I started with um, alcohol didn't really, I mean, I know I'm supposed to stay mostly with alcohol, but my drugs were probably a little easier to get after mm. that from middle school and high school, like, you know, the weed and hallucinogenics and all of that. But alcohol was always around, right? The wine coolers, the beer at parties. But it was harder to get, you know, you had to sneak it or have someone who was older get it for you. Um, And then, uh, and when I drank, I always needed something else to kind of pick me up or get me sort of feeling a little bit, like, better. And then um, I did get pretty heavily into opiates and in my 20s. And alcohol was there to um, get me out of my detox of opiates. And I Mm. think that is probably when my alcoholism probably started, Um, but not really knowing that because I never, alcohol was just like a party drug and was always there. Um, And then when I, I first tried to get sober when I was, I think 19 or I was 20, but I went in for methamphetamines and I stayed sober for about 15 months. I um, worked the steps up until the ninth step because I didn't want to apologize to anybody for anything at that point in my life. I still don't like apologizing. (laughs) (laughs) And um, got super involved in the program, got, you know, commitments, like did the whole shebang and then I think after it was like 15 16 months I went out and started using and used for 10 years Mm. and that's when I um got involved with Dr. Feelgood's medications (laughs) 
And again, drank myself out of, um, got, went into detox at 30, but drank myself out of addictions. And then um, moved, was living in California at this time, and then moved to Connecticut in probably 2013. And I think that is when my drinking career really took off. I mean, at that point, I was definitely, when I moved here, I was drinking every day. Um, but I wasn't starting to drink until like, like a normal person, like two in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like I said, I at least made it to lunch. Yeah, you know? I would make it to lunch. I'd maybe have a drink or two before work. Yep. But, you know, I could still survive. And then I was going out after work and drinking. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I had kids when I moved to Connecticut. They were young. They were, you know, one and three. Mm. And still, I mean, I was drinking, um, I think, the like literally the week before my 40th birthday was the first time I was hospitalized with pancreatitis mm-hmm. and I remember the doc I was just like the doctor is being an alarmist <laughs> he's being a little extreme <laughs> but, <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about like they're just being like there's this is not even a big deal and it was the first time, you know, my husband was like, we need, you know, you need to stop drinking for a month. And I was like, of course I'll stop drinking for a month. Easy. And I think I lasted like, I don't know, not even 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And I had no intention of stopping drinking for a month. Um, and I think it was at that point, too, I was definitely drinking earlier and earlier during the day. And then by the time both kids were in school all day, that's when it was like 7 in the morning. And... You know, when people talk about like, oh, I would only like I would get the shakes or have those like I never um, I never even know what that was because I just always drank. Yeah. 24-7. Like I think I was going through like at least probably three handles of vodka a week and, you know, mags of wine for sure. Um, and was hospitalized again for pancreatitis. Like I think few months before I finally got sober this time and I think that time the doctor I went into ICU and said you know if you um if you don't get sober like you're gonna die before you're 50 and I still was like I think I barely kind of remember that my husband like brought it up and was like you know I just I think I didn't really you know you when you're drinking like that you just kind of take those things with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. like it's you're a liar exactly I said it's what do you know it's the same thing yeah like that or you kind of just don't care right Mm -hmm. you're like well hopefully that happens you know Mm -hmm. so yeah um and then you know um flash forward to I I think the kind of bottom I guess it's I don't think any sort of like I mean, I think I didn't realize things were as bad as they were, but it was New Year's uh, going into 2017. It was New Year's Day. My brother-in-law was supposed to come and pick up, or we were all supposed to go to my uh, husband's aunt's house, and we were living in this condo upstairs, and there was these very unsavory neighbors that lived across the way that I used to hang out with. And I would leave my daughters who were in first grade and third grade across the hall alone in the apartment. And I'd go over there and drink and do other things and totally thought that was fine because I was also emulating my behavior. My mother was um, 
a uh, alcoholic and drug addict and um, I think eventually she did die from this disease or at least ramifications of this disease um, and I was heading down that path for sure um, and I think when I reflect back on it it was definitely I saw the fear in my brother-in-law's eyes because he ended up taking the kids with him and left me home that day which all I could think was thank God I get to fucking drink all day freedom (laughs) you know like hell yeah Yeah. um and then you know the aunt that they were going to visit was working for a rehab facility Mm. and her daughter who happened to be sober um ended up talking to me like three days later and basically 12 stopped me and was like i don't you know why don't you try and like get sober it, like, what do you got to lose? And I really liked her and was like, you know, okay, I'll do it, but I'm going to go to California and do it because it was, <laughs> it was January. Yeah. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, if I'm going to get sober, I'm going to fly out West. And you I'm try and get, get sober in January. You know how cold it is? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go back to California and go get sober in Orange County. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So yeah, and I, um, and this time for me, I, cause you know, as I said, I'd gotten sober. I tried, tried getting sober the two times before. And I think this time, um, I, I found, uh, I found a higher power and that was the, the link for me that was missing the other two times. And I think I relinquished some control. And um, I found a little bit of some power of prayer for me. Mm. Um, And I prayed for an obsession to be lifted when I was in IOP. Um, And and it took me a while in the first year to, to meet someone that I wanted to work with as a sponsorship. Um, and then I finally did and it was great and it took me a while to work the steps too. It definitely, I mean, being a mom and having kids and a job and I dragged my feet on the fourth step. I mean, it probably took me two and a half years to finish the steps. I was not someone that was like, I'm going to bang it out really quick. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm a huge advocate of everyone should be on their own path and their own journey and every, there's not a cookie cutter way to do this Mm -hmm. program, I think. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's like one way to do it. I don't think there's a right way or wrong way. It's everyone has their own experience with the program and then you just find people that have an experience that works for you and you can work with that too. Yeah. You all speak from experience. That yeah. was on today's meeting topic. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I feel like doing this. Yeah, like everybody has a different path and like just coming in and like finding what works for you and going at your, as long as you have the willingness for, and you're surrendering and like that's the important part because I don't know when I came in I had so much I felt like I had so much power and I didn't know what to do with this like why do I have to control everything but I <laughs> no control for anything I think that's the thing too is wanting I wanted to be so perfect all the time when I first yeah. came in right you like or you see the old timers that are like telling you what to do and you think like oh I gotta be like so perfect right yeah. you want to control everything and then it's like well God, all I have to do and I heard it when I first got sober this time and it really rang true to me was like all I have to do perfectly is not drink today mm-hmm. like, that's the only yeah. thing I have to do perfectly everything else is gonna be like be my best effort yeah yep. and I, I struggle with 
the perfectionism piece anyways i drank because i wanted to be perfect and coming in here i thought i had to do everything just right like i said the only the number one thing is the only thing i have to do right is just not drink today yeah. that's the only that's the only thing i can do perfectly mm-hmm. outside of that i'm allowed to make mistakes and work my way through it but as long as i don't drink i succeeded yeah so when you went to rehab in California, did you um, come home right away after? I didn't. So the plan was that I was going to go in for detox for two weeks and come home. Mm-hmm. And in full disclosure, I had, which was doctor prescribed, a, um, a prescription of Valium. And I had every full intention to come home and continue smoking marijuana mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. take that Valium, right? Mm-hmm. And... It was a 14-day detox, and in that 14 days, I think I stayed in detox for like maybe 17 or 20 days mm-hmm. um, because I also, because I smoked marijuana for so long, I mm-hmm. kept testing dirty for that because yeah. I was storing in my fat cells. Yes. <laughs> know that. I know. <laughs> um, and I ended up deciding to go to a month-long mm-hmm. IOP. Okay. Um, so I did end up staying out there for six weeks. Okay. Which was really good. Yeah, it was nice. Like that's what I like being physically removed. It's like you get to reset. You don't have like all the temptations around you, and you're where you love to be. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it was so interesting driving here today. The way that it took me, I was like, oh, I used to have cop drugs right around the corner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, I remember this place. <laughs> it's hard to be around that tempted. Like living in big. I don't know. Yeah, like it was hard. Because I knew where to go. I knew who to call. And they didn't care. They don't care that, oh, I thought you were being sober. Like, oh, they want the money. So Repeat right. customer. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Was yeah. it hard when you got here, like adjusting, back, like finding meetings and stuff? Or were you just um, jumped in? I did. Before I came, that was part of, you know, in the IOP, I had to, my counselor had me find, you know, oh. a meeting for every day to oh, make sure nice. I had, you know, meetings lined up when I moved back. Um, and in Meriden, they had one at a church that was ever met every morning. So that was really, I hit that meeting every day. Mm-hmm. It was like every day at nine. Um, and for me, I was really blessed when I came back. I didn't have to find a job right away. I was able to just really kind of hit meetings and focus on which for me at least worked out, Mm -hmm. um, focus on getting sober and just going to meetings. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really good. But then come, because I came back in February when the summertime hit and the kids were home Mm -hmm. and I couldn't go to my morning meeting. And that's when I ended up going bonkers by August and then finding a meeting and then ended up meeting my sponsor. Oh, okay. Because okay. I felt like I was going to use. Yeah. Yeah. We get to that point of just, you're feeling insane. I get that. I said that something's got to change. You know, it's either you do something in the program or you, you drink. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of get to that point, too. It's like something has to change. The pain has finally become great enough. Change your routine is so hard. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Especially when it, like, my routine was so small before moving. It consisted of getting the kids to school and having that alcohol until 10 o'clock and then hitting the she's okay, okay. Hitting, the, sorry. <laughs> hitting the package store mm-hmm. 
you know, that yeah, was like pretty much my routine. Yeah, and then staying you know. in the room and drinking or, or going across the... Yeah. Right, pretty much staying in the room or the living room, right? Yeah. It was one or the other. Yeah. Like, where I, am I going to stash my alcohol tonight? Yeah. <laughs> and that was fun to me, right? Yeah. I, that was like the best thing ever, just to stay at home and drink. Mm-hmm. It was partying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there people being like, were there streamers at these parties? Yeah. <laughs> no. Just making sure the dog was still alive. Was <laughs> <it>? <laughs> <laughs> I get that weird. Yeah. Yep. Um, then, like, when you found your sponsor, oh no, you said you took like a while, kind of took it, your time. Yeah. It did. It took. Um, I, it took about nine months. I think I had found someone initially that I thought I wanted to sponsor me, and then wasn't a right fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the person I found, I've I've been with since. Oh, so, that's so nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it mm-hmm. is. It is nice. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, finding a sponsor and knowing that you have someone you trust is huge. Yeah. Yep. I finally today, ironically, I just ended up switching sponsors because I've been we've had so much change lately, and I've not been working with my sponsor as close as I should have, and so I finally felt like said pain was great enough. Like I just don't feel like I'm cemented enough, so I actually changed sponsors today to try and find someone that I see every week mm-hmm. and I can be accountable with because I got to that point of. We've moved. My work schedule shifted so much. I mean, I'm rarely seeing my sponsor. I've noticed I'm calling almost never because now we're so busy and now I don't see him and I count on, I need to see someone to be accountable. I'm not great just with phone accountability. I have to physically see someone to get there. And it's taken me a little bit of time to get to that point. Right. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, it's fine. It's fine. And I kept telling myself it's fine, even though I know deep down I know that's not what I need. And so I finally decided to switch today. It's the same thing because I need... For me, I need that to see someone and have that physical accountability because that's kind of an important piece of my sobriety that I've come to realize too. Yeah, and it's so, I mean, and it's interesting that it takes us, I think sometimes as alcoholics, like you do have that inner, like you know what the answer is inside, like you have that gut reaction, but it just takes us a a little bit to get there. Exactly, it's like I know what I need to do. I am just stubborn. I don't mind. I've been through way worse pain than this. And you just keep banging your head on the wall. I feel like then you're finally like, fine, I'll do it. Right. I'll do it. Right. We can be so stubborn. Yeah, I know. And then more will be revealed. (laughs) More and more. Exactly. (laughs) So what is your relationship with your higher power like? So um, I would say... Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I stole it from Christina. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I think my relationship with my higher power is one that I am constantly building upon. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have. I have a trusting relationship with my higher power, but it's very new. I was. So I went to um, uh, private, like, religious Lutheran schools. You went to private Catholic schools. Yeah, um, for elementary and, like, junior high. Mm -hmm. And I was, and then, you know, was, like, a punk rocker when I was younger. So I really (laughs) wanted to be, like, an anarchist. Oh, yeah. You know, and I hated church. Mm -hmm. I hated church. And I still kind of hate church. Um, You know, I just don't want to go. I just don't like church. Um, 
because it's boring and I don't know. I just don't want church. <laughs> I, um, I can sit through an hour of a meeting. I struggle in church. I'm yeah. the same <laughs> if you go, all for you. But for me, it's the same way. For me, it's just like, I can get through a meeting, but an hour of church, I'm like, nope, check out. Yeah. I just like, I like, so I'm, I'm very into like spirituality. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said, like, and I think it's interesting. Like I've even still like, I'm better now, but I think when I was very newly sober, it was weird for me even to talk about having um, such a belief in the power of prayer because mm-hmm. I felt really hokey saying yeah. it. It's like, who is this person? Like, if my friends back home heard me say this, they'd be like, who the hell are you? <laughs> I would be ridiculed. I was an atheist for an extended period of time. And so, like, I laugh and I would, like, ridicule. I mean, I would ridicule people with religious beliefs and stuff like that. And then now I'm like, if people could, like see me now those same people they'd be like i was right and it'd be yeah. so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> right you know what i mean it's, but it's like i have that spiritual connection now and i have a relationship with uh, i'm a universe person that's what works for yeah. me you know what i mean i don't have a specific higher power but like i said, i have that relationship now with my higher power and like the power of prayer and turning stuff over and that i'm not yeah. in control and like thinking back now if anyone like back then knew me and saw me do this now i'd be like It'd be insane. It's right. insane to think about how much I've developed since then. Yeah. And I mean, I guess right now, and I, for, for now, I guess I call my higher power God because it's just easier. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in the beginning, I was very, like, dogmatic. And it was like, I always said, I think first it was serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. And then at night and in the morning. And then it was the third step prayer because mm-hmm. that was, like, what I learned. And, and then it was, you know different ones like through the pandemic and stuff like that and like every morning I do the daily reflections book I really like it and it's been really mind-blowing as one I was working through the steps and then have finished like finished I'm using air quotes the steps um because it was mind-blowing for me to after it was like a couple of years sober, I didn't realize that the Daily Reflections book went with like step one. It's January. Yeah. Step two. I was like, what? <laughs> like it's exactly. So it had a point that had to me too, and I'm like, oh, you're right. I know. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and so it's like that is even like an onion sometimes as I, I go through that book every year, you know, mm-hmm. and, and stuff that gets revealed and pages that I earmark. So I do that, and like, so there's different stuff for me, like. Um, and so my, my higher power for me is I, I like that I have a higher power. I feel kind of lucky sometimes. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, I feel like he's like my bro. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're not alone. You said talking to him now and turning things over and yes. like communicating. Yeah, for sure. Or sometimes when I'm like, I'm, I don't want to turn this over. Mm-hmm. There's times too where I'm like, nope. Not happening yet. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm going to roll on this a little bit yeah, more. Yeah. This one's me. Yeah. It sounds like you have a pretty set routine in the morning, though, too. Is that right? It sounds like you said you read daily reflections, you I do the morning prayer, and you kind of get settled in every morning. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. I said, I think that's helpful for me. Like, that's the one piece of my sobriety that's like an anchor every morning. I wake up, I pray, I read the daily reflections, and um, I try to meditate. I'm working on that one. That one's getting better, but I feel like I have to. do the that. breath work. 
She says I hallucinate. Have you heard of breathwork meditation? No. So you like breathe funny and then you hold your breath. Basically, they, it's like you hyperventilate and then hold your breath. So like he says, I'm like, oh, I feel so close to God. I feel connected. I like see like the I'm one with the universe. Like I see a vision, and he's like, you're hallucinating. <laughs> It's just lack of oxygen. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. I feel so connected. It works. That's what works for you. And it's funny. It's just everyone has that thing that works for them. And just I feel like it's so important for me to have that morning routine yeah. to kind of center myself before I go out in the day. I notice when I don't do those things, like I'm off kilter already. You could start right. the day. But you can also start the day over anytime. If you forgot, true. <laughs> if you remember, I like I let's love like I have a love hate say with like yeah it's true you can start the day over anytime it's like yeah but do I remember to do I remember to <laughs> and sometimes I like being in that miserable mood and something right. you know what I mean and sometimes yeah. it's just like so the pain is great enough I'm like I'm cool with it I'm yeah. miserable today let's see who else I can ruin yeah. and then I have people I have to apologize to later which sucks. You mentioned pandemic. What was your like experience staying sober through? the pandemic i don't know what to call it anymore so many things i know that time <laughs> that time <laughs> um i think wow so it feels like so twilight zony mm-hmm. um i i guess my knee-jerk reaction to that would be first immense gratitude that i was not having to scrounge up drugs and alcohol during that time mm-hmm. would be my first uh, reaction because um, how hor- how horrible first but then I think also when I first thought of it like there would be sometimes of like imagine the first thing of like fucking party. <laughs> I have you know? no responsibilities yeah. and I'm going to get paid. And know? the government's giving me money. You know? I could totally see people like that side of the coin of you know um <laughs> I mean, let's be real, people. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, but I was ultimately really happy that I was I was sober through it, and I think definitely went through. Um, I think all the the scary emotions that people like you know ever they're telling us for you know oh my God you're gonna get sick and die, and mm-hmm. it was like I think still it's like we're I feel probably a little bit still in shock of like what we all went through collectively mm-hmm. as a society and and. Um, what we're kind of coming out of, but um, I don't know. I, I did you hit Zoom? Did you? What was your kind of? I hit Zoom. Okay. I hit Zoom, but not a lot. It's funny. I think I'm more. Um, even this week, I was a bit in crisis Monday morning, mm-hmm. and instead of picking up a phone and calling someone, which we were discussing in the meeting this morning, because I, I call like one person, which is my sponsor. I'm going to try and be better about it. I say that every time. Um, I mostly call my sponsor. Yeah, right. Um, Maybe I'll start calling you, though, Christina, you know. (laughs) Um, But I got on a Zoom meeting, which I didn't even. I got on our Saturday Zoom meeting, and that was about it. I yeah. I found the undergrounds. That's what worked for me. So I had, I couldn't, I can't say I couldn't do Zoom, because I like Zoom now. It's convenient for me when I struggle. Like, I can jump on a Zoom meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, but we were... I was Even like, if you just have it in your headphones, like it's nice to... Nice to hear and be connected and listen to the thing. But I was going to underground meetings and that was what was working for me. So underground meetings the just backyard. feel cool. <laughs> backyard yeah. meetings, yeah. garage the meetings, breaking the law. You know what I mean? That's what really cemented AA. No, but yeah. it was one of those things. I, was, I felt really grateful to go to those things and I had that connection. It was nice because the rooms got small. 
So I was able to be more honest. I was around a bunch of guys that were willing to share. Well, I mean, we're kind of forced to share more because it was only four or five of us. And so they felt more comfortable to share. And that was a huge part of my sobriety. Yeah, because even in Zoom, it was, I hated having my camera on. I hate, like. Yeah. But I didn't want to be present, so I turned the camera on, but I'm also like, mm, I don't want to. <laughs> it's hard to pay attention sometimes if you don't. I know. <laughs> like, they can't see me. Well, that's true, right? Yeah. But act as if is mm-hmm. what I was told if I'm in joy. Act as if you're in the room and try and be present and try and be there. Yeah, I know. All these things. But no, it was the Zoom for us was different. So I mean, I'm, I still use. I feel like I use Zoom more now than I did during the pandemic. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm traveling more and I'm. I got a lot more going on. And sometimes, like I said, I know I can pick up and go to a meeting. But sometimes, like I don't have the. I should always have the time. I know that thing, but I feel like at least I'm making the time to jump on a Zoom meeting, and still be accountable rather than not going at all. Well, who would have thought would have? I mean, really, such a a positive thing to come out of the pandemic is zoom AA meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone it's, it happened overnight. It seemed like, like all of a sudden there just was zoom and like people were on the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And cause it really, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, Monday it was like my sponsor didn't answer the phone and it was like, I went into the AA.org and was on a zoom meeting within minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Cause you're connected to everything. It's like you could jump right. At least there's a meeting. Some, someone somewhere is holding the meeting. You could jump into and at least yeah. be, and get some form of solution. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, your turn for a question. I've I've been firing away. Over oh, here. you usually <laughs> I, the, carry the conversation. One did actually come to my mind because you said you had relapsed because you didn't want to do step nine. So did you do your step nine this time? <laughs> I have. It's fine. You know, I have done some step nines. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. Uh, I haven't. I don't. Um, I've not been like. Like, I'm not actively, like, seeking out step nines. Well, yeah, they show up, right? When yeah. the when the students, right? Well, I don't remember the well, same. The but they, they the appear, yeah, right? At, like, you're not supposed to seek them out, I think. Right. Isn't that right? I don't think so. I hope not. I'm going with that. Because, I mean, I like that a lot more than me going <laughs> I mean, out and apologizing ones. to people. Like, oh, look, you're here. I can do this better. Because that's what I hear sometimes people in meetings, like, going, you know, and it's like. I think, cause, I mean, like, there was the, like, I apologize to you, like, my parents. Yes. And, like. My, you know, and like my it was funny because with my sister, like I knew she didn't want the like I'm the emotional one, and I want the big to do, but she just is like, all I said was I'm sorry, and she's happy with that. That's right. what she needed. Yeah. yeah, like I've definitely, I you know, of my husband and my, uh, I've almost done. Um, I have one which I will be because I'm heading back home in February, and I was. Playing, I was there in August as well, and I did my dad in August, and I would have done my stepmom, but some family drama popped off and so I couldn't do her so I will do her of course in uh in February um and that'll be I think all of as far as I know all of my family yeah yeah you know I like living amends much more yeah like I do yeah like I'm not gonna there are people you don't need to apologize to like they do the limit amends I I get called out on that one because that's kind of my shortcut I'm just gonna do a living amends then no you want a formal amends but like, well, okay, the just... paint is great enough, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, right. I mean, I, yeah, yes. So I've done all because all the amends I didn't want to make at that time mm-hmm. were family ones.
ones. Oh, okay. So I've done all those. They're like the harder ones sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And my dad being the number one offender of that yeah. one, probably. <laughs> yeah, because they, well, you've probably, for me, it's like I've apologized so much. Like, they don't really want to hear it anyways. Yeah. And so then it's like, oh, I don't want to have to do this again. And then, like, you know what I mean? And it seems right. empty. So the living amends, I'm like, yeah, we'll see. If I just don't do it, then we're solid. Yeah, I feel like you get more out of the living amends. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think so, right? And back then, what I didn't want to do was like, well, I'm not apologizing to you because you owe me an apology. Right, yes. <laughs> you owe me my life. Exactly. Right? I was too mad still. I was like... Yeah, oh, you screwed means, me up. Which so means you, I really hadn't done a thorough like fourth and fifth. <laughs> <right? laughs> I don't want to see my part in this. You're still the dick. <laughs> like, yeah. like the first two times I did the steps, I never wanted to apologize to my sister because it was like, well, you did this, this, and this to me. Why do I have to apologize? And then this time around, I was just done. Like I was just ready to give it all over. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly, yeah. And that's even when I was... Um, back home and I was going to be doing the ninth step with uh, my dad and my girlfriend was there of 30 years and she was like Claire you shouldn't be apologizing to your dad for this he did this I was like nope you don't get it this is for me this is for exactly you can't justify my anger it's not allowed (laughs) this is about what I did justified anger what do you do like when, since this came up for me this week like when you, if something happens and you get like really angry like what are your steps to like fix that but <laughs> <laughs> like it feels justified <laughs> so uh step tens okay yeah that's what that's what Eric said. <laughs> yeah step tens and i um i mean it depends right so obviously if I want to be justified in it, then I call certain people (laughs) that aren't in the program (laughs) and I want to dish and feel that stuff and I don't want to be in a solution about it. But that can feel painful Mm -hmm. and it it can feel painful for a while or I'm taking it out on the people I love most, which is my husband, Mm -hmm. um, or not being the best mom that I can be. Um, but, uh, the step tens are where I've found the most, um, recovery, I think, Mm -hmm. like on a daily basis where, Mm -hmm. yeah, where I'm calling my sponsor and we're doing step tens with each other, Mm -hmm. um, and feeling better. And there's stuff, cause I think when I just said, like, I thought I was done with my family, cause I would say I have a sister that half sister that I wouldn't have said I owe like a formal ninth step to, but I've had to do step 10 with her because mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh, I have some resentments there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> what do you like? No <laughs> <laughs> resentments here. Everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> well, I'd like that. Yeah. Cause it, that's, it's usually, it's my ego. What, what am I feeling like scared of and fearful of and what securities are being threatened and, I'll do that after this. <laughs> now it's physical security. <laughs> Eddie hit me. <laughs> You're the one touching Abuse. the mic. <laughs> I know. The roles are reversed for once around here. <laughs> the... Anyways. <laughs> well, uh, there's a work trip, like... I can't remember. Eddie was doing something, and then they turned to me, and they're like, how's your aim? And I was like, oh, it's good. 
because I've been arrested for assaulting. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Okay. I'm surprised you heard that one. Yeah, so oh. that's like, yeah, no, she was, the couple arrests that she has have been for beating me up. Oh, well, really? <laughs> yeah. No She's DUIs? In- Oh, I have three DUIs also. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I got lucky. Three, third time's no, a charm. <laughs> no arrests here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I dodge bullets. I'm lucky I never killed them. I'm very grateful I never got arrested or killed anyone. I just, one of the lucky ones, and she was one of the unlucky ones. Yeah. yeah. Well... I mean, it was God, you know, trying to stop me. Yeah, yes. like no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you need you need help and you need stuff like that. But that's what worked out for you. But your your last towards the end, you got the. You said you went arrest, then what? You had oh. DUI, arrest, arrest. It was pretty back to back. DUI, jail, hospital, arrest, hospital, arrest. Because then, like, I kept like I'd get myself because I would mix alcohol with outside things, so then I'd get panic attacks and I'd have to go to the hospital. Mm. <laughs> All these fun things. Yeah, your story. I mean, I I never was arrested in Connecticut. Thank goodness. They're all Arizona. Yeah, Yeah, mine were all California. But, yeah, it was arrests and then but hospitalizations in Connecticut. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Our stories sound kind of alike. Yeah. Yeah. I know. When we were talking at lunch, I was like, oh, me too. too." And you guys were talking, too, about going um, out of state or doing out of state for a rehab or then coming Mm -hmm. back. I'm like, oh, I know someone that does that, too, or did that, too. Yeah, because when I was in Arizona, my the woman who had been my sponsor when I lived in Vegas called me. And then was like, why don't you come to Vegas and go to week, go to a, um, a facility there? And so I went to Vegas. And then while we were in do Vegas. You, do you remember the call we made when you were out of your mind? I highly doubt it. No. Yeah, so that's why she called you, though. But it's a good thing. We called who, while you, Nicole? Nicole. Yeah, we called her. I thought her. Dad called her. No, we, we called her on the phone while you were losing your... Okay, anyways. Anyways, I know. <laughs> but no, so she contacted you. Then we ended up taking her back to um, Nevada. And you went to a facility yeah, back Nevada. in Nevada. You say right. She's from California, but she says Nevada, right? It's not Nevada. It's Nevada. Yeah, see, yeah. she says it right. She's a Westerner. We're okay. Oh, yeah. I can trust like you. Going somewhere else, but then I, I had a hard time coming to Connecticut because I didn't have any stability or support. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's yeah. So yeah. moving's the hardest part. Sometimes I feel about a getting everything anchored and together. It can be difficult. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Today. Yeah, this thank you so great. much. Yeah, thank this you. This was great. Yeah, Mars. thank you so much. And um, we have a good way of closing. With the we version of the serenity prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. difference.